This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host of everything sport, international and local. Right, okay. Coming up on today's show, Mariam Walker-Khan is on the show today. She is an athlete, a sports reporter, presenter, a writer. She's been involved with one of the biggest, biggest things out there from the BBC, Match of the Day, Football Focus, um, Premier League Productions Copa 90 and the list goes on and on and we have her here on the show talking about more than just sport what happens behind the scenes what happens in female sport how would it feel like to be um, South Asian in the UK as well and growing up there and the challenges that she faces and why she's doing a lot to try and help the next generation uh, progress in what they want to do freely so we're talking about that all on the show today make sure you stay tuned for more on the only place to be at three the halftime show on pulse 95 this is pulse 95 you're listening to the halftime show podcast oh he loves the fire and what a goal this is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! It's and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, covering everything sport, international and local. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or if you're chilling at home watching us on YouTube, I have got a fantastic guest. I'm so excited to introduce you to her, Miriam Walker-Khan. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. How you doing? How you feeling? You, you just got back casually from Old Trafford. Yeah. As you do. I mean, when you said to me, I, got, I came home in 20 minutes, I was thinking... Did she just cross the road? Because it takes me 20 minutes to get out of this house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's close to my house. I was um, I was rushing, shall we say, on the way yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, it back. I never asked you who you supported, so I'm going to ask you now. Who are you supporting? Well, in the derby today or in yeah. general? In the derby uh, today and then in general. You know what? Like, I think I was supporting United, but I was like, I don't know who I'm supporting. And then... I was like, I want Rashford to score. So, and I was like, okay, I'm definitely supporting United. But my partner is a Liverpool fan. So like, we got some free like um, scarves and hats and he was like, take it off, take it off. And he was like, I was trolling him so hard. I was like, putting on. he was getting like legitimately angry. So we well, got to give them to my friend. We're not allowed them in this house. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, sports seems to be in your roots. Uh, it's a family thing. It's something that you've grown up with. Talk to me about Miriam as an athlete and how it started off for you in sport. Okay, so, I mean, even at infant school, I don't want to like blow my own trumpet, but in infant school, like I knew I was fast because I was, when I was in like year one, I would beat all the boys in like year two and then I'd try and challenge 
people when I went to primary school and stuff in year three. So I always knew I was fast and actually my grandparents on my mum's side met at an athletics track. So my mum was also a sprinter. So it was kind of like in like we had fast switch fibers in our genes. And then when I was like 10, um, I rocked up to like Sheffield City Championships and uh, won, which was kind of unexpected because there was a lot of people who already did like training for athletics and I didn't. So that kind of started off like me and my brothers going to athletics and then it completely took over our lives for like pretty much half my life. So um, we competed for City of Sheffield and it because it was like a big family thing, like both my brothers did it as well. Like it was just it was our entire life. And then my mum was like um, the manager for City of Sheffield. And yeah, I just like fell in love with athletics, with track and field. And as a fan as well, you know, like I'm such a fan of the sport and I still think it is, uh, this is controversial, but I think it's the most exciting sport in the world. Like I, I would prefer to watch, mm, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I want to get, <laughs> I prefer to watch like the 100 meters at the Olympics than a World Cup but I think that's changed now because I've seen an Olympic 100 meter final and like yeah no I, that's changed that's changed what, what do you think is exciting well I was going to ask you before I tell you what I think I was going to ask you would you rather be competing in a final 100 meters or would you rather be in a World Cup final 100% World Cup final because I was too nervous to do athletics like I was I was one of the athletes who I know probably everyone says this but I was so quick in training I was so good and then as soon as I went you know like you didn't have like sports psychologists when you're like 15 16 as soon as I went to compete I lost it and I was never like in the zone I was never like focused I'd just be like at 50 meters down the track and I'll be like oh we're in a race like it hadn't clocked on to me but um yeah I think I think any team sport like when I used to do the relays then I would perform really really well because I was like I've got the, the team to perform for so I'd do so much quicker in the relays than I was in the individuals yeah interesting well I, I'd definitely take the World Cup in case you're asking me a World Cup final all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's different I don't even know why I said like as a sport I yeah. think I prefer athletics but like the pinnacle with like yeah I think well, you, know, you, you said something there really interesting at the time that obviously you were involved in athletics you didn't have sports psychologists around has the way you've been involved in sports shaped you as a person now yeah definitely I think because I mean just the fact that if you grow up loving sport mm. that's a really hard question but if you grow up loving sport I think you're a certain type of person anyway like you just gravitate towards other people who love sport and people just get you a bit and they feel like they can talk to you about things that maybe if you didn't have that common like love for a sport you wouldn't um but I think just my teammates you know and like people think athletics is a really individual sport and yeah it is but you train with people for years and years and years and they become your family like my best friend is a world in the world is my old training partner from when we were like 10 and she was also you know like my enemy on the track mm. but she was she's my sister and because she trained with people and you're like the training's intense like you'd be doing like 10 times 200 meters and then like vomiting on the side of the track and you're doing that three four times a week and it's like 
it's hard. So the bonds that you form like, are similar, I think, to team sports. So yeah, like the, the connections that I have. And I think like the banter that you have when you do a team sport, like, which I had enough of at home because I've got five brothers. But when you do that, like you just, you just like, I don't know, you have something. It's like character building, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's her name? Your best friend? She's called Karis. Uh, she's a rugby player as well. She she can do any sport. Like she's ridiculous. She's so talented right. in so many different sports. But um, yeah. yeah, I never beat her. She was she's she was like she was like the best in Sheffield. She's a year older than me, so I didn't race her always. But she's also like she was nationally really good, and she could do anything. It's crazy. Yeah. If if the Miriam now could go back and help the younger version how would she help her out and what advice would you give her oh i think i would say stop being lazy <laughs> because can, can I was, you be uh, lazy in athletics by the way well i was like like i mean this is i'm being unfair on myself but when i was yeah. younger i had really um I had like a serious kidney disease, which I still have. It's just in remission. So it's a disease that Jonah Lomu died from a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The rugby and player. Yeah. So I was on like all this medication and like, I didn't realize when you're like 13, 14, like I was going to training in a group with like Jessica Ennis, like Tony Minichello was my coach, but I was also on chemotherapy at the same time. So oh. I didn't realize what it was doing to my body. Um, the injuries it caused kind of long-term just from like, you know, your your body's not the same, your immune system's not the same. So I kind of like got fed up with the sport because it was, you have to train at a certain intensity. And I was just like, I didn't realize, but I was just like not really up for it. And I was always injured and frustrated with that. So I think I would just say like persevere. Like, it, like my ultimate dream would have been to go to the Olympics, which obviously now I've not done and I don't, do athletics anymore so that's a bit sad it's like unfinished business mm. and maybe i'll go back and compete for pakistan at some point but um yes. that's another conversation yes exclusive right here on the halftime show <laughs> love it love it uh, thank you for sharing that with me and guys if you like that that was just the first segment we're just getting warm here and we're getting to know Mary walker khan here on the halftime show on pulse 95 radio if you do miss the show don't worry catch everything on apple spotify soundcloud if you like a podcast or if you prefer a visual and want to see Mariam, for example, as our guest, head over to the YouTube channel on Path 95 Radio, and we are there. We'll take a quick break, and once we get back, we're going to get to know Mariam a little bit more, and also the fantastic stuff she's doing now for the community. We'll see you right after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, cover everything sport, international and local. Miriam, let's get stuck into this now, man. The first segment was fire. Now I... I know you're a bit, you know, you were saying earlier you're a bit hard on yourself, but I, I'm going to blow your trumpet because you're doing some fantastic things in the community. You're doing some big, big things. I love your work. I've gone into the archives. I've seen all the stuff you're doing. And I'm relieved we have voices like yourself opening doors and gates for the new generation. 
My question to you is how hard was that to break into? It is hard. I think um, I was lucky. People always ask when I got into the industry, was it hard? I think I was lucky because I got on a trainee scheme at the BBC, which I mean, that in itself is obviously hard to get into. Like I did a lot of work experience, a lot of unpaid work, um, which isn't how it should be, but it's just the way of the media. And that's tough. But when I was in the BBC, I kind of just was like a kid in a candy shop. I was like, I'm going to take all these opportunities. I'm going to give my ideas pitch. And I think that is, that's the hardest part because you, it, you want to do it, but you get a lot of rejection. You get a lot of no's. Um, so you have to be kind of tough and you have to be thick skinned to deal with those no's and be like, cool, it's not going to work. And it's difficult in news because sometimes like it's a great idea, but it's just not the right time. So I think, yeah, it's tough to get into, but once you're in, you just have to give it everything and just like appreciate the platform that you've got and everything that you can do. So um, yeah, it's tough and it's like a weird, like it is weird when you're like young and a woman of color and you're in this industry that's just loads of kind of posh white men and like it is that and sometimes you just look around like you'll be at a press conference or you'll be just in the office and you look around and feel a bit like isolated or someone will say something to you you'll be like hmm that's not cool so um my advice is always just to like surround yourself with people who you know you can trust they're like the good ones they'll support you because if I hadn't have done that I wouldn't have been able to do anything in my career full stop brilliant let's talk about brown voice sport for me brown, brown girl sport brown girl sport sorry for me as soon as i saw that my head turned right um that is a certain opportunity for a certain type of voice to enter you know the space can you tell me more about that please yeah so I set up this platform that I want to just like tell the stories of South Asian women in sport for two main reasons. Like one, because I'm bored. I'm bored of people saying South Asian women don't do sport. I'm bored of people, uh, especially in Britain, like blaming families or cultures for that. I am bored of stereotypes not being challenged and just being able to perpetuate and be the reason that people are like, oh, they don't do sport. They just, and they're not even part of the conversation. Um, that's the bit that frustrates me that like we'll have conversations about diversity or the lack of diversity in sports and people completely ignore the fact that South Asian women exist but also the second reason is just to celebrate like the diversity within the South Asian countries and they are so vast and different there are so many religions, cultures like you go to India and obviously it's like hockey and cricket and then you go to Bhutan and it's like archery. Like I just want to learn and then show other people what I've learned and be like, look at these amazing women. Like you said that no South Asian women do sport, but look at them here. Like they're smashing it in all these random different sports that we didn't even know about. So it's about telling stories and like the people behind the sports and just celebrating the fact that, yeah, there's a long way to go, but look at all these incredible women that are already doing it. And I think, I just feel like I, I've always wanted to set up this platform, but I think you realize that like, you have a bit of responsibility within the media because the mainstream media 
do a lot wrong. Um, and I want to, I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to, I want to start fixing it. I like to moan, but I like to do something about it. So this is me trying to do my little bit, like it'll be a drop in the ocean, but I just want to do a bit to move the conversation on. Yeah, fantastic. It, I think, again, like you say, you, you, you might think it's, it's a drop in the ocean, but for a lot of people, it's giving them the opportunity and then it's getting their, their voices out there and actually raising awareness. How important is it to, to set the trail for a lot of people to, to have the courage to get into these spaces? It's so important. Like we talk about like the lack of, the lack of representation, especially for South Asian women. And you know, what's funny. Like I, I made a documentary on Bennett like Beckham and I talk about it a lot because um, the film meant a lot to me. And I think what's crazy is like, we grew up, a lot of us, loving that film. But the sad thing about it is like, Jess Minder was a role model for us and she's not real. Like she's not a real character. And she was still a role model because she was like the only one we saw. Um, and like for me, like growing up in athletics, I didn't know any, apart from, there was probably three people who were also South Asian, two of them my brothers. So I didn't see anyone who looked like me or my brothers or my dad's side of the family. And it was just like, it's isolating. So I think it's so important just to see what what potential could be and what you could do um, in anything, like whether it's sport, the media, like anything, it's so, so important just to be like, okay, cool, they did it so I can do it. It's not impossible. Fantastic. Got me excited already. I can't wait to see uh, some of the great guests you're going to have on there. We won't spoil it, but it's going to be amazing. I look forward to, to seeing more on that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to find out much more about Mariam on The Only Place to Be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! Salam, welcome back to the Halftime Show. Good vibes, good energy here on Pulse95 Radio. We're having a good time. And like I said, if you are kicking yourself for missing the first couple of segments with Mary Walker Khan, don't worry... You can catch all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, or on YouTube as well, if you prefer a visual. And she is here with me today. Mariam, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Right. Okay. Let's talk about sport now. Um, yeah. The way you view things. Very, very interested. This is a segment that I normally have an open board or a journal or a plain piece of paper. And we dive into a topic that you want to talk about. What is your topic today? So my topic is what it's like being a South Asian woman who works in sport. Love that. Lo- that for me is big because people that live on this side of the world probably don't know how hard it is on that side of the world. Now, I'm fortunate enough to have been there, but I haven't been in your shoes. So tell me more about some of the things that you've learned, some of the challenges, some of the things that you've benefited from even let's say positives as well from being a South Asian in the industry. So I would say things I've learned is that people in in 
the UK, people have this perception that South Asian women are like passive. They don't really have opinions. They're just like, just like, I don't know. They just are quiet. And like, if you, if you're a bit gobby like me, I have a lot of opinions and I like to voice them. Uh, it can be surprising to people. So I think I've kind of learned to to enjoy surprising people because... What kind of surprises? What are we talking about? Just like, I like, I like pushing boundaries and like, if people have a perception, I like to prove them wrong. Do you know okay. what I mean? Okay. I love proving people wrong so much. And I think like, I don't know, like people just assume that people often assume I've got into sports journalism because I love cricket and I'm not going to lie. I don't really know about cricket. I probably shouldn't say that, but like, <laughs> uh, like I love, like I don't, I'm not like a huge, huge cricket fan, do you know? Neither. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so people just assume, oh, it's just cricket or they're like, oh, somebody wants like on my first, um, I mean, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is how, on my first uh, week at work, somebody was like, oh, did you get into sports journalism so you could like watch men run around a pitch and a track? And I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did that just leave your mouth? Did that question, was that real? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, time out, hold on. <laughs> this is why yeah. this paper is interesting, hold on. So you're at work, and someone goes to you, did you get into sport to watch men run around? Yeah. And this was, I was young. Like, I was young. Can I just drop the I mic like, now? Should I just push this I over know, now? right? And that is genuinely what some people think. They think, oh, she's a woman. Why could she be? People are like, do you actually like sport? That's another question. People are like, oh, how do you know about that? Mm. So, I, like, there's so many stories. Like, an another story. So, um, I was once with my friend and we were in, like, Tesco and then... He bumped into his friend and we were talking about the football and I was like, oh, what was the Arsenal score? And then there was a girl with them and she was like, why are you pretending to care just to just so he likes you? And I was like, what? 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 And then the guy was like, no, it's her job. Like, she's a sports yeah. journalist. Like, And there are all these perceptions and questions you get asked that you don't, you, no man ever has been asked these things because why would you? Like, it's, you wouldn't ask a normal person that. Yeah. But that's why I'm, I like, I, I, it's ridiculous that you even have to answer the questions, but I like being like, absolutely not and proving a point and being like, this is what, this is why I do my job. Mm. And I like that, um, I don't know. I just, I just find it bizarre. Like, I mean, obviously that's not just being a South Asian woman, yeah, but I think yeah. it's bizarre. I also think when you're a South Asian woman in the media industry, people assume you just want to present on TV. Mm. So there are quite a few like South Asian presenters now, especially in football, which is amazing. But if you don't want to present, people are like, where do you go? Like, where do you fit? So I'm a reporter. I want to report. I want to chat to people. Obviously, there's a little bit of presenting in that, but I'm not a natural presenter and I never will be. And people are like, so why why are you doing it if you don't want to be on just TV? And I'm like, I'm happy to do a piece and it's not got me in it. Like, if it's a, a story about someone else, I'm more than happy to not put a piece to camera of me and just for the sake of it. And people are like, oh, so why did you get into it then? And I'm like, what? That's so there are so many... Yeah, this is like cathartic, but... 
there's so many things that you're like, why is, why are you saying that? Mm. I also want to ask you, I mean, obviously you've done, oh man, Match of the Day, Focus, BBC, uh, Season Zine, Copa 90, all, all these things. Um, have you managed to kind of add your flavor to the palette as a regular thing now? And the reason why I say this is because sometimes people can say, oh, that's quite niche. And there's a good thing about that. And there's also a negative thing about that. With all the yeah. stuff you're doing, have you kind of found what your flavor is and have you cemented it on that shelf? I think so, because I think for years and years, like I didn't realize that I was kind of gravitating towards stories about diversity, equality, all that kind of stuff. But for me, they were just the most important stories to tell. And I and I felt like I had a, I had a way of talking to people where they trusted me and I had a few interviews with people on a, like a big racism and football project and they were like thank you because I trusted you and I, I was really worried about this interview but so I kind of like yeah I kind of felt like that was something that um just really organically happened and it used to feel like that was it was niche it was like a you put it at the end of the bulletin it's like another story about something diverse oh no she's on another one whatever but now um i'm about to have a job i'm about to start a new job at a big company which is a diversity in um inclusion reporter so now i'm like somebody created that job and now i'm doing it so it's not me doing it and being like yeah you can do it if you want it's like they created a job and i'm happy like i happen to be doing that job so yeah, it doesn't feel as niche. It feels like people want it and people see the need to have that job. So, yeah, definitely. When are we celebrating? First of February. Yes. All right. Sky Fantastic. Say again, sorry. Sky Sports News. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what we want. Fantastic. I'm excited. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We've got one more segment. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll see you right after this. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the fire and what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Al Dhuri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! And welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host of Everything Sport International and Local. What a show it's been so far. Remember, you can catch the show every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4 UAE time. Um, and we have some fantastic guests covering some really important topics, like even today with Mary Walker Khan here uh, on the Halftime Show. Right, okay, before I let you go, because I know you're busy and you might just, you know, go to Anfield or something. Mary, <laughs> <laughs> um, where can we follow you? Uh, on Instagram so my handle is Mim Zara and then on Twitter at Mim Walker Khan and I mean I meant to do TikTok but I always forget about it so maybe sometimes TikTok <laughs> okay okay because see I haven't, I haven't got I'm not on that level yet you know what's mad actually on TikTok you can see where your followers are from and like it's so it's so random 90% of my followers are from the UAE really okay <laughs> why like i don't know where that came from 
Okay, okay, it's a sign. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to hear more of you, where can they hear more of you on? I think follow at Brown Girl Sport underscore on Instagram, mm-hmm. and obviously that's kind of is something that I need to I, I'm launching in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah, get a get a, a Sky Sports news package, and hopefully I'll be on there at some point. Fantastic! Listen, you've been a fantastic guest. Uh, I know it's weird to be on the other side. Normally, you're used to interviewing and hosting people, but I think you yeah. did just great, man. Well done. Thank you. It was a lovely, it was a calm interview compared to some I've had. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. I'll take that all day. Um, Hopefully, we'll even host you in the studio when you come out here to the UAE to meet your followers and your, you know, your listeners. Um, Hopefully in the near future. See, I'm plugging it. I'm plugging all this away. You see what I mean? (laughs) I'll move to Dubai. I'll happily move. Okay, fantastic. Hey, you guys heard it here first. A uh, couple of exclusives here on the Halftime Show with Miriam Walker-Kine and Omar Dury. Let's wish her all the best for Sky Sports and let's wish her all the best for Brown Girl Sport. And make sure you like, share and subscribe her episode as well. Get it out there because she's been fantastic. Miriam, you are a star. Hopefully we'll get you on this these sides very, very soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you. See you soon. Take care, guys, and we will see you same time, same place on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. Take care, guys. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 3 p.m.